it's time for the Sportsbeat Podcast. Just Brown and Richardson, just Batman and Robin like the old days, Matthew Hummer. He's is on he? a junket over at the Ashes. He's in London at the moment. He was meant to do a call for radio this morning, do an odds update, missed right. that call. So I can only imagine he's out on the piss. So he was meant to call in. So he's over there to do some work and he work. didn't even call in. Yeah. That might explain some of the uh, Instagram photos that he was putting up a few days a ago. A lot of it Nathan. involves alcohol, doesn't it? It does. And it involved uh, Emirates, uh, Emirates flight and the business, business class. class lounge. And he's up there drinking alcohol on the plane. Always a risky proposition, drinking heavily on a plane, Nathan. It certainly is. And many people have come undone. They have. Drinking on a plane. You got any uh, stories about anyone that's come undone? Well, my favourite one is from your old club, the Western Bulldogs. Back in the mid 80s, there was a player by the name of Robert Gronawagan. Have you heard this one? <laughs> this is a great story. This, and I, people have probably heard this uh, at home, but this man, uh, Robbie Gronawagan, very, very funny man, going to Hawaii for the Western uh, Bulldogs or Footscray footy trip back in those days. And the boys have launched into it, obviously, into the duty free. Back in the days when you could buy your duty free bottle of vodka or and drink it on the plane and proceed to drink the whole <laughs> lot on the plane that is dangerous so captain uh, gronawagen he was calling himself on the plane with all the boys he thought he was pretty funny he's knocked over his duty free they're halfway across the pacific uh, to hawaii and he thinks it's a good idea robbie gronawagen to go up to where the hostesses uh, are getting things organized and they've got the phone there mm. for the pa announcement <laughs> Over the plane, he's picked it up and he's gone, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is your Captain Gronawagen speaking. <laughs> if Boys you, would have erupted. Yeah. If you'd like to fasten your seatbelts because we're about to plummet into the Pacific <laughs> Ocean. <laughs> so that didn't go down well with the flight attendants. No. They get to uh, Hawaii and uh, kicked off the plane, obviously, and uh, we're, we're immediately sent on the next plane straight back to Australia. They didn't even get to have their footy trip. The great David Boone was meant to have drink 52 two cans on the way over to an Ashes. I think they'll kind of try and get Michael Wall to do that. I, I don't know how it's gone. I haven't caught up with the – but Michael Wall, for those of you, everybody's got a mate who is normal until he's had three beers. And, like, he's quite a big lad, Michael. He'd be able to hold it, wouldn't he? Cannot hold oh, really? his alcohol at all. It's like his head – someone takes his whole head off, turns yeah. it upside down, and then puts it back on his <laughs> neck backwards. That, that uh, That's after three beers. He is a complete withering mess. And they were going to have a crack at the 52. Did they do it or not? I don't know. I, I hope not because he would have only got six in and he would have been asleep. That is that is the best story of all time, the Bernie one. They yeah. reckon they had to hold him up because as when you get off the plane back in those days for the the Ashes series, the Queen would greet the players <laughs> on the tarmac. They reckon they had to hold Booney up to meet the Queen. Hey, what about great news out of North Melbourne? Yeah. Um, new coach has been named, Reshaw, and a great effort with North Melbourne. Last couple of weeks haven't been as good, but the players love him. Seems to have something about him. Yeah, I think this was a no-brainer, wasn't it? I mean, they, they played good footy. That that was a big loss to West Coast last week, but without Scott Thompson, you know, Josh Kennedy ran uh, a mark, and the Eagles are premiership favourites. They have lost three in a row, but I think it's t- the timing is right now. I think he's clearly going to get the job. So what's the point of waiting another yeah. four weeks? Yep. So Just gives an opportunity for, you know, other clubs to try and poach him, try and interview him, but I wouldn't think they'd go through that. But uh, now there's only two coaching spots left, but well done to the Kangaroos. Yeah. And I think, I think the one that is still up for grabs is St Kilda. Oh, 
I would be staggered now if Carlton don't appoint Teague. He's won five out of seven games. Yeah. The, the only way that you could not appoint Teague would be if you got Clarkson. Or That's Hart, the only way. Or even someone someone mentioned Damien Hardwick yesterday. But, I couldn't I mean, see Damien Hardwick nah, leaving he, the Tigers. But you'd have to get someone of that calibre, wouldn't you, to, yep. to not appoint Teague. St Kilda have won two it. games, but they've beaten the Dogs, who are outside the eight, and yeah. the Demons, who are second last at the moment. So they're not great scalps. Mm. They've got some big games coming up. Yeah, I think, and I think Brett Ratton's probably in the box seat there as well. It looks like Brad Scott actually might have a year out of footy now. Yeah. So, yeah, good news for Reece Shaw, Browning. Hey, what about the Tigers? Let's touch on the Tigers for a minute because it was only five weeks ago you could have got, I think, $17 with us for the mm. premiership. They're now the outright favourites. And it's like they've just clicked. And what I've been impressed about Richmond the whole way along, they've played the youth, yeah. they've played Sydney Stack, they've played Shoal, they've played players who have got games into them, yeah. and a lot of those Shea players Bolton. are still in the side as mm. their best side now. Yeah, and what it's done, the injuries have created more depth at Richmond. Yep. It's incredible. Last, Josh Caddy can't get a game. Yeah, I think Caddy will come in this yep. week for Cochin, big body for big body. But last week in the VFL, they had five premiership players playing in the VFL, uh, Townsend, Nankervis, McIntosh, and uh, Josh Caddy was the yep. other one that played down there. So they're, uh, they're in a really good position. I would say just a little bit premature, all of the hype. Not, yeah. I know they're a good team, but the next few weeks, they've got some hard games. West they've Coast got, is still going to be hard to beat. They've got West Coast at the MCG. They've got Brisbane at the MCG. Who don't play the MCG well, Brisbane. No, they don't. But that's a good test for Brisbane. And, and they've got Carlton now. Carlton are a hard team to beat now. So if Richmond get through the last four games and win... If they win three of those, they probably do go into the finals as favourites. I mean, they're not even going to bring Nan Curvis back in this week. No. So, yeah, they've discovered some players. They've re-signed two young players this week, Sydney Stack. And Jack Ross is the one people forgot about. His first five yeah. games, he was averaging 23 touches. So, yeah, not. I think the Eagles should be premiership favourites, but Richmond not far behind. What I get enormous humour out of um, these days is how much we push players down. If yeah. somebody speaks out of turn, they get a clip around the like year. The, there's Xavier Dersmith. Xavier Dersmith, the yeah. old shotgun. I love that. But <laughs> during the week, on Sunday, on the Sunday footy show, we had... Yeah, are you hosting it this week? I Sorry, am hosting the Sunday footy show this week. I thought you were a bit nervous. First time. Are you a bit nervous? No, no. Oh, nervous to control the panel. I mean, Billy, some, yeah, how are you going to control Billy? Well, you know what I've figured out? Billy's better when he's pissed hungover because he was <laughs> shit house last week. And the thing was, he was in bed at 10 o'clock. Right. Saturday night, yeah. and it was the freshest he's been. He felt great, right. but absolutely slaughtered everything. The week before that, I could smell the piss still on him. He, he, he's the alcohol breath, and I thought he had a great show the week yeah. before. But <laughs> it just goes to show you, if you stick to what you always do, yeah. you're going to be yeah. okay. Yeah. So you're hosting. So I what's am hosting. On? What's on? Uh, last last week we had Rowan Marshall on, yeah. uh, young St Kilda player, <laughs> young ruckman. I think I know where you're going. He, he, he beat. I don't know whether he beat Max Gorn, but he. he even the contest with Max He's Gorn. He's been really good, Rowan Marshall. Has been. Yeah. And I asked him a question, and he's just a young kid, but he's a big kid, and he, he spoke fine off camera. And then yeah. he started fine on camera, and he started to lose his weight. Not, not even that. Headlights. Not even that badly did he lose his weight talking about something, and he felt like he'd he lost his weight. felt the pressure, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's looked at me, he's gone, oh, shit, I fucked it. <laughs> And everyone's going, oh, this is live TV, mate. And uh, he thought that we were pre-recorded. Oh, really? So it's always been like, he thought that then he could have a, and we, And TJ sort of calmed him and I said, no, no, what you were saying was this. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could see him because he was sitting right next to me. 
the beads of sweat individually. He would have had a thousand beads of sweat just all over him, and it just broke out instantly. Geez, I fell for him. I, but I could see Lordo up the other end and Kane like tears coming out of their eyes. They were laughing that hard, <laughs> and I could hear Billy go, "Oh shit!" <laughs> under his breath. <laughs> Mate, there's nothing worse as a young player than doing media where you feel like the world's caving in on mm. you, and. Uh, it, it's not that bad. Like, it wouldn't have been that bad, but to him, yeah. it would have been a hundred times yeah. more microphone, wouldn't it? And you know what? The producers upstairs didn't even catch on. They didn't even realise oh, right. what he'd said. So it wasn't there, that bad. There's no delay on, at all on no live TV. No delay on our right. live TV. Hey, but there's been, been many people who have dropped the magic on TV, my, hasn't there? My favourite one actually is on radio, Grand Final Day 2016. Brian. When Tom Boyd kicked that goal, he dropped the F-bomb. Yeah. The big bristler. What about um, poor old, uh, was it Jared uh, Healy? Jared Healy. Who went with the Gold Coast. Yes. And see yes. In- <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he got there. He, you can see how it can, it can happen. There's gold, a slip of the well, tongue every he, now and again. He, the sea on coast and the suns, you know, put it together and it just yeah. came out the wrong way. And Alistair Lynch dropped the F-bomb on Fox footy last year. He did too. He did. And who was standing next to him Dermot. was Dermot and he was just giggling like this. <laughs> Like a big school kid. Dermot gave him absolutely nothing. You know how hard it is, though? And it's like you, you take yourself back to school and something that someone says something funny yeah. and you're in class and the teacher's uh, reading the riot act and you cannot help but laugh. You are yeah. trying to hold it in. Sometimes on live TV when that happens yeah. and you can't hold it in. That was like last week with poor old Rowan Marshall. It's a good It's a good moment, though, isn't it? The other, uh, the other one, I've got a good story for you, Brownie, that I heard this week and Remember I told you about Camden McIntosh earlier this year? The with, foot fertiliser. With the foot fertiliser. Now, Camden can get things wrong, okay? He's, <laughs> he's, he's from WA. He's, uh, you know, most people I've met from WA in football, there's a lot of space cadets coming out of WA, let's be honest. So, um, Sean Grigg came on the Richmond podcast that we do down at uh, Tigerland on Tuesday, and he had another story um, of Camden McIntosh that I'll, I'll share with you guys today. So the under-18 championships have just been on here in Melbourne, um, and Camden's manager is from Perth, and he's over here with the under-18 team. He's looking to represent some of the young under-18 Western Australian boys, and he's got a stable of players in Melbourne from Perth already, you know, around the AFL. He's got about six players, including Camden McIntosh. So uh, this particular manager's thought, I'll get all my AFL talent, and I'll get them to come out for dinner with about half of the uh, under-18 under Western Australian team. Now, yep. get the young boys to mingle with the AFL yep. talent, ask them questions, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Have a bit of the star yeah, factor rub yeah, off on them, see yeah. what it's all about. bit of star so factor. So they got Camden along. So Camden uh, goes <laughs> along and he walks in and there's a spare seat there and he sees this strapping young uh, lad sitting there and he thinks, oh, I'll sit next to this young lad. So he sits there. And he starts talking to the young uh, fella next to him and he starts talking about Richmond and, you know, the last couple of years and what they do well and what they do at training and how they recover. And he really thinks that he's giving this young kid some knowledge. But it's only after about an hour of talking and, and mingling with this young kid that his manager comes up and said, mate, you do realise who you're sitting next to there, don't you? <laughs> And Camden goes, oh, yeah, just a young young kid uh, from WA. His name's Aaron. And the guy goes, yeah, that's Aaron Norton that plays for the Western Bulldogs. <laughs> now, the stupid thing about this story is that- He's a big rooster too, yeah, Aaron he's Norton. He's a big rooster. He's played a bit of footy now for a couple of seasons at the Dogs. The stupid thing about this is that about eight weeks previous to that, 
Aaron Norton absolutely annihilated Richmond <laughs> at Marvel Stadium. Remember he took nine contested marks? He did marks? two and kick five or six. Yeah, quick kick six. Tick, uh, took two hangers that night. Who did he take two of the hangers on? Kevin McIntosh. <laughs> That's oh, great. It reminds me, Billy tells a good story. One day they were playing at the MCG and they get the bus down from Geelong to the MCG. Yeah. And obviously, he always talks about being a decoy for Gary Ablett. Yeah. I love his Ablett stories. He reckons one day Gary Ablett's let out, perfect pass, hit him yeah. on the chest, goes back, kicks the goal, comes back to the goal square, and he's standing there and he goes, Billy, Billy, who was that bloke that just kicked it to me? <laughs> and Billy goes, it's... Um, it's Carl Steinfurt. He, uh, he played play, about 50 played games. about 50 games. You actually sat next to him on the bus on the way down. He goes, eh, not a bad kick, the young fella. <laughs> Didn't know him. He'd been at the club at this point for four years and had no idea who it was. He, he was notorious for not knowing anyone, Gary Ab. But back in uh, 1995, Ricky Nixon, who was uh, my, my manager. Toot, mem- toot. Remember he started that club, Club 10, and he had all the, um, the big superstars yeah. like Carey, Lockett. And Cousins. Uh, Ablett. Cousins, all of those Dunstall. guys were Dunstall was in it. And uh, I got invited along one day to this Club 10 clinic that they were holding at Punt Road Oval. So all of the superstars were there. And I was doing a bit of work for Foxtel at the time. When Foxtel first started, they were a sponsor of Richmond. I had a part-time job at uh, Foxtel. So I was there with some Foxtel gear on at the clinic, the Club 10 clinic. I was actually managed by Ricky as well. And I had met uh, Gary Ablett beforehand at another function. I rock up to the clinic and... Uh, I walk over and all the boys are standing there and I say good day to a few of them, Wayne and blah, blah, blah. I get to Gary Ablett and he looks at me and goes, G'day, Sonny. You know, what, what are we doing here today at the clinic? He thought that I worked <laughs> yeah. for Foxtel. He had no idea. I'd played about four years at this stage, so that doesn't surprise me. He didn't know and who yeah. Carl Steinfurt was. So that would have been after 96 when you kicked all those goals. I, it was 1996. You kicked 91 so that year. I was actually playing okay. Right. Good on you, Gaz. No idea, Gaz. <laughs> hey, just before we go to the first break, uh, a great punter story. This is a $5 multi, um, and this is extraordinary. Have a listen to this. It was a $5 multi at the odds of 2,306. Um, it was the West Tigers at the line into Richmond head-to-head against Collingwood, South Sydney Rabbitohs head-to-head, Brisbane head-to-head to beat Hawthorne, Carlton at the line against Adelaide, Parramatta against New Zealand, West Coast head-to-head against North at $1.43, Gold Coast Titans, Broncos over uh, St Kilda, Melbourne, Wider Wire. Uh, It goes on. Great Western Sydney, Western Bulldogs. This is a 15-leg, which netted the punter for $5.11,530. And you know what it finished with? It finished with Essendon and $1.13 head-to-head. Imagine him. That's the shortest leg they had, $1.13, and how... How would Nervous he have been? He would have been. A minute thirty-five. He would have to been go. tightening up the freckle, yeah. wouldn't you? Gold Coast are in front. A minute thirty to go. That's it. Is that the biggest multi ever at Sportsbet? Fifteen uh, legs. No, nah, there's been a it's few been bigger more. than that. There's really? been a few bigger than that. Jeez, um, that's there was one that was rolled into Serena Williams a few years back, and Roger Federer. It got up to like a million dollars, yeah. and the punter kept rolling it in. So yeah. there's some great punter stories out there. Those multis where you get that many legs and you only invest five dollars. Why wouldn't you have a crack at them? Exactly. Yeah. Everyone dreams they can get one of those. Yeah. You know what a lot of punters dream of is picking the cards. So at Mooney Valley this weekend, yeah. Saturday, yeah. just picking the winner of every race. Even yeah. if you go all the favourites for yeah. the ten or the nine races, yeah. normally pays huge, pays yeah. like thousand odds to Yeah, well wouldn't you? Anyway, let's take a break. We'll be back after this. Let's go back in time, Matthew, to a time where we were dominating at the MCG. We 
just going to pump ourselves up. We are Because I haven't here. got a burning question this week, and I'm not going to make one up. Unless I've got one, I'm not going to make well, it up. we're going to go back to round eight, right. 2004, where we played the Dogs. That was the first time that I played against Your the Western team. Bulldogs. And yeah. I remember before we run out, you came up to me and you said, it's just any other team. You're on fire at the moment. You're playing well. Just go and get the footy and everything will take care of itself. Were you nervous And that then day, you though? looked at me and you gave me a wink and you said, and I reckon I'm in for a big day too today. That's exactly <laughs> what you said. You... And I sort of had a little bit of a laugh. And it, it, did it I took say the, that, did it, I? It did. It took the pressure off a little bit. Um, and you went down and you played on, remember Nathan Bassett? Yeah, was his, Scott Bassett. His brother. Scotty Scott Bassett. Bassett, who was at the Bulldogs. Um, Is that, are they brothers, are they? They are brothers, yeah. I didn't know that. Anyway, long story short, yeah. You go on to kick 10 and win the game for us. Mm. I had 30 and kicked three. Robert Murphy tagged me that day. Take us through how it, how it unfolded, right. how you kicked 10, how right. many opponents you had, and what – well, a lot of people kick 10 maybe yeah. in local footy and under 12s. I've never kicked 10 in my life. How does it feel to be on the MCG with the adoring crowd? They were, they were doing yeah. the whole Richo, Richo, Richo man down the punt road end to kick 10 and you were like you were on fire like you wouldn't believe. Mate, this is very self-indulgent, but uh, why not? Yeah, we might as well. Exactly. You know the first thing, and I do remember pumping myself up before the game to you, Brownie, but it was one of those days, it was, it was what – the end of would have been April, would have been the end of May, start of June. So it was, it wasn't quite winter, and it was a, actually a beautiful day round in eight, round yeah. eight. It was, it was almost, a, it was almost sort of not summery, but just it was a beautiful day, a bit crisp in the air, but the sun was out. And I remember getting up in the morning and looking out the window, and I thought, there's not a breath of breeze, there's not one cloud in the sky. It's going to be a good day for Richard, man. And we're going to the MCG. So I felt good driving there in the car. Um, I felt like we were going to win the game. I just thought as well that we had it over the dogs. And I looked at the team sheet and I thought, who am I going to get here? Chris Grant was playing. I'd had Matthew Croft before, but I reckon I'd, I'd beaten him the last time that I played on him. So I, I thought, I don't reckon I'll get Crofty. And I looked down the list, I thought, there's no one else really there. Going to get Fred Bassett. There's no one else really there. And sure enough, I walk out onto the ground and Bassett comes towards me. He's now, not a big man either. No, and that's what I mean. No disrespect to him, but he wasn't a key position player. So straight away, Nate, I'm thinking, <laughs> here we go. Anyway, it started off well. I think I kicked I think I kicked three in the first quarter, three in the second or two in the second, but I know I went into half time with five or six, and I thought, I reckon Bassett's gone here at half time. I came out, and, and Crofty was getting probably towards the end by this stage. He came down for a couple of minutes, Crofty, and that didn't end up too well for him. So I thought, who are they going to go to now? You know, it's during the third quarter, and I think I was up to seven seven or eight. And I thought, there's no one else that they can possibly go to. And the runner came out, and Crofty disappeared. And I thought, who's going to come down? And I saw Luke Darcy coming down towards me. Oh, they haven't gone Darcy. And I looked at Darcy, and he sort of looked at me. This is a man who rucked and then sat behind the ball at centre-half yeah. back yeah. and took uncontested marks. Exactly. And I saw Darcy coming down, and I actually laughed. And I looked at Darcy, <laughs> and I said, surely you're not coming down, Darcy. And he, you know he gets all angry and, and annoyed. <laughs> he got an angry, he gave me angry that, head on him. He gave me that stinky look that Darcy can give. But he wasn't actually coming down. He just had to fill in for 30 seconds until they could get Ryan Hargrave to come down. Now, Ryan Hargrave was about 70 kilos. <laughs> Did you kick one on Darcy in that 30 no, seconds? No, I didn't actually. I was, and I was disappointed because the ball didn't come down. <laughs> Darcy was pretty happy. But, mate, when Hargrave come down, I thought, 
I'm definitely going to kick 10 here now. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to lie, any full forward, I was I was 11 years into my career, 12 years into my career, never kicked 10. I thought if ever the day is going to come, it's today. And sure enough, um, in the last quarter, it, the moment came and it was a kick in. Uh, the ball was kicked in and it was an ordinary kick in. And Tim Fleming come running across and put his body on the line, dove on the ball and tapped the ball out. And I was just standing on my own, picked it up, left foot snap. And that was my 10th goal. And all I was worried about was celebrating to myself. Mm. I didn't even worry about poor old Flem who'd put his head over the ball and, and in the, vis- the In the ball. vision, you see me, you've picked the ball up and you've done it like a U-turn and kicked. It was a great goal. But I've screamed past for the handball on my left and you haven't given it to me and you've put it on your boot and I've hands up in the air and I was like swearing. <laughs> and then as I put my hands up in the air, I see it's going through and I go, yes. <laughs> it was the only left foot snap I ever kicked, by the way. So, Murph, yeah, good when, day. When Murph came to me that day, you had the these socks on, massive socks for some reason. Like yeah. they, Sometimes you get new socks and they're massive. They look yeah. like big leg warmers. And he only said, had skinny legs. I said to him, mate, you're not going to be able to run with those leg warmers on today. <laughs> he wouldn't speak to me the whole day. Like, we're great mates, you as you know. You had a good day. You had 30. Had 30 and kicked three. three. That was when I used to play in the midfield as well. And I had a bit, bit better tank. The last thing uh, about the thing that made that day even better for me, once a year, myself and Benny Harrison, who was playing for the Dogs that day, um, Myself and Benny Harrison had four mates over from Tassie. They used to come over for one game a year. They chose the Bulldogs game because it was me and Harrow playing. Saturday Arvo, they were in the grandstand, so I thought, oh, the boys would be loving this as well, you know. And uh, I had a bit of one-upsmanship on Harrow. So as soon as the game finished, all I could do was get straight into the showers. All I could think about was getting straight down to the Swan Hotel where the boys from Tassie were. <laughs> got straight down there. Hair was still wet when I got there. I got there that quickly. And I reckon we proceeded to have oh, 20 schooners at the Swan. <laughs> Back in the days when you could have a bit of fun. No, it was a good day. Something you never forget as a player. It's good. self-indulgent, but it was nice to kick down. Nice work, Matthew. Let's head into the Trumpet Award, the best on and worst on. Uh, we don't know what the results are at the moment because Hummer's away, hasn't left us with anything, but let's go for the one, two, three, best on of best the week. Best on. All right, I'll start with my one, and I reckon we miss the goal kickers sometimes. It's hard to kick a bag of goals these days. So I'm giving one to Josh Kennedy, who was back in form and kicked seven goals. When, when he's on with his goal kick, he doesn't look like missing, and he – a bit like that day with the dogs with the 10 goals. He would have rolled up with no Scott Thompson and gone, I'm in for a good day here, Josh Kennedy. So he got my one. I gave two to Tom Lynch. Kicked five goals, but it was his first half in wet conditions. It had been raining for two hours yep. before the game. I've never seen a bloke that clean for his He's size. Great, He's he? 200 centimetres below his knees. He was outstanding, starting to hit form. And if you have 19 clearances in a game of footy, you have ripped the game to pieces. And Patrick Cripps, he is an absolute superstar. He got my three. Very similar to you, but I had Dustin Martin. I thought that was his best game of the year. 38 yeah. disposals, kicked two goals, really clean. Lynch for two for the same reasons you said. And Paddy Cripps was extraordinary is, again. Is he the best player in the comp or not? Uh, best midfielder in the comp right now, Cripps yeah, is, without a doubt. Yeah. yeah, I think he's gone ahead of Dangerfield. Um probably ahead of Martin. I think Dangerfield and Martin are probably the best. You know, Dangerfield and Martin have one thing over Cripps. So, and Cripps is starting to do it more. He's starting to kick goals. Danger and Martin have done it for a long time. Yeah. But if Cripps can add a goal a game, which he's starting to do, he's the best in the comp, I reckon. Yeah. 
All right, let's have a look at the worst ons for the week. And I thought the injury at Collingwood, that they're just mounting up. They, they can't even field two good sides this weekend. So they've got to have a look at – and they haven't had a lot of injuries in recent nah. years. So they've had a few last year. Tinkered with half. something yeah. or changed something. They've got a lot of soft tissue injuries at the moment. Um, a man who has a lot of injuries, Aaron Sandlands, he just looks – Yeah. not that he looks shot, but I just think maybe he's gone one year too too long. Maybe the game's I, gone past Aaron I, Sandlands. I was surprised he actually played on this year. Yeah. So I yeah. thought Hayden Ballantyne retired, by the way, and they played him on the weekend mm. as well. And um, the goal line review again. I, I can't believe that that has happened. How far that was after over the yeah. over the. I, I don't get it. I don't I, get how that's happened again. You know why it's happened? Because they're spooked now. They're spooking themselves. The, the goal umpires. I mean, how he missed that mm. is extraordinary. Yeah. And how the um, field umpire didn't come in and blow the whistle and say, "Let's at least have a look at that." Um, that was extraordinary. I've gone past even worrying about it now. It's yep. an absolute joke. I gave one, and I don't like doing this because I really like this guy, but he was as quiet as I've seen him for a couple of years. Tom Papley, it's up quiet in as Sydney. a mouse. Yeah, mm. he was he was non-existent in that game, and he's been a good player the last few years. I gave two to uh, our old mate at Channel 7, Luke Darcy. <laughs> Did you hear his suggestion on Talking Footy on Monday night? No. He's happy to have the ball go through the goals any way possible. And if it goes through, it's a goal. Whether it hits the post, whether it's handballed through. If it goes through the goals, it's a goal. So just to change 100 years of, of history. history. So if it hits the post and, and goes, comes back in. It's play on. Now, I... I don't know why we want to take every unique feature of our game and mm. just forget about it. He wants to bring that in, Darcy. He reckons it'll make it easier. You know he's an anti-vaxxer, don't you, too? Is he? Yeah. Well, That could explain a lot. There you go. Darcy, that is an absolute ridiculous idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't tell him. He won't talk to me. He had. Um, we had a night at Juddies not that long ago, and um, we had the Dr. Uh, Rowan White there who does yeah. our boundary stuff, and they had a blow-up. No, not, not, you know had People don't have blow-ups with Das. Das has blow-ups with them, and they don't really know about it. So they're talking about the anti-vaxxing stuff, and Doc's in there going, I, I don't understand it. You need to have vaccinations. Yeah. And Das was – and uh, this is halfway through the third quarter, so watching the game at Juddies, and uh, I see Das ordering his Uber. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's had a fight with the dock at half time. By the 19-minute mark of the third quarter, he's he was gone. in an Uber gone. <laughs> at, uh, he, when he gets on something, Das, yeah. He might don't tell him about nah, this. Nah, uh, I gave three to Don Pike. I don't know why you drop Eddie Betts. Yeah, but uh, he's a superstar. I don't think he deserved to be dropped. He still kicked over thirty goals this year. I know he's kicked a lot of them against the Suns in those two games, but he's playing against his old team at the MCG. If, if ever Eddie was going to lift against uh, his old team, Carlton, he'd still have a lot of pride to play well against yeah. them. I don't understand that. No. So I gave three to Don Pike. Nice work. Let's get straight into picking the mind of Richo. A little bit more football-based this uh, this bit, week. bit uh, too much about me today. Uh, you're, you're a Hall of Famer, mate. Oh, all right? What do you so got just, for me? Just deal with it. All right. Um, okay, first one is, are Collingwood gone this year? Yeah, I think so. They've got too many injuries. If they don't get Darcy Moore back into that back line, Roughhead will be out this week. Look, they should still beat the Suns, but... I don't think they're going to finish top four now. I think uh, Richmond and, and the, the uh, Giants have moved past them. So I don't think they can win the flag. Uh, and, you know, they'd have to go through September and we win four finals in a row from an elimination final. And I just think with their injuries and their form, more importantly their form, I don't think they can bounce back now. We all know how good Brisbane have been. They've got an issue at the MCG. Can they do damage in September? Well, for me, 
for me, it's going to come down to that round 23 game. If they come down here a week before the finals and can take – not they don't have to beat Richmond – even if they run Richmond to the end of that game, I think that'll give them a lot of belief that they can come here and win the premiership. But I'm still concerned come a big final when it's really tight, whether Hipwood and McStay can stand up as their tall forwards and the big O in the forward line. That'd be my only the question. Because you know West Coast, Kennedy and Darling, they've done it before. You know Rewalt's done it before and you think that Lynch will be able to at least you know, step up to the plate there for Richmond as well. Jeremy Cameron... Uh, Finlayson, and Himmelberg, um, they've played in big games before. I think they can step up. I've just got a question mark there with the uh, Lions. Sydney Stack, should he be playing half back where he's made his, made his name this year or half forward where they've put him recently? No, I like him up forward. I mean, he can go either either way, but he, he kicks a goal a week. I think, he's, I think he went off the track early today, so he mightn't play this week. But no, I think... I think at this stage of his career, I'm happy to have him up forward. He, he adds excitement. He's so clean and makes the right decisions. And I think if you've got that sort of player inside Ford 50, you've got, to, you've got to go with it. Talk of a potential new contract to Daisy Thomas and also Cade Simpson. Do you play those guys again? I think so. Yeah, they've got enough young players in that team that they need a little bit of experience around them. What a turnaround for Daisy. People thought he was gone after he, what, he had 15 wines mm. on a Thursday night. <laughs> Said he only had a couple. He, he, had, he had the same glass that was refilled 15 <laughs> times, Daisy. It's like that at a function, isn't it? You yeah. sit there and you, you don't know how much you've drank because they keep filling up, you keep filling up. So you think All you've of a sudden, three. your head's upside down. Your what wife's if, sitting there looking at you going, you've got to go home. But you, you try and make out you've only had one glass, but mm. it's been topped up all night. Um, I think he should. I think he's form warrants. Mm. I heard him say that, and I agree with him. I think they should both play on. Uh, it, when you kiss your wife, your lips Be ever careful. get in the way like, because they're so big? See, you, you massive lips. You, see, your bottom lip is huge. See, that was stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> you, you actually showed some common sense there. You asked some good questions. But some people like the finer points in life, and you've got big lips. Don't you worry about these slips, mate. <laughs> All right, let's get into the first game of the weekend. Friday night footy, Hawthorne, North Melbourne. Last roll of the dice for the Hawks. I think North Melbourne win. I think with Reece Shaw signing his contract, and you know there'll be a bit of buoyancy around the club. They play Marvel Stadium really well. And I just think if Scott Thompson comes back in, which I'm assuming he is at this stage, yep. With Thompson and Tarrant in there, I don't see how Hawthorne can kick a score. They haven't scored 100 points in a game this no. year. That's extraordinary for Hawthorne. So I think North can bounce back and win this game. ninety each of two, so I reckon North Melbourne every day of the week. Brisbane take on the Western Bulldogs. Important game for the Western Bulldogs because they're out of the eight on percentage at the moment. Adelaide have got a very good percentage, so it's going to be hard. So they have to go a game ahead. They do. Can they beat the Brisbane Lions, who have been unbelievable up in Brisbane? Uh, yeah. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I think they can. I think the Dogs are in good nick. As you say, they have to, they have to win. They've got to try and... Get Get a game above uh, the Adelaide Crows. So this is my upset of the round. I yeah. think they can win the game. They're playing good footy, and I just think I just think they've got the game that can worry Brisbane up there. So this is my upset. I think the Dogs can win. I think Carlton can uh, cause an upset as well. Do West you? Coast at the moment they're going really well, but this is a game where uh, they go to Marvel. They play against Carlton. They don't play at Marvel a lot, although they have a very good record in Melbourne generally over the last eighteen months. They've the won West their Coast last Eagles. eight games in Melbourne. Three three dollars twelve Carlton. Yeah. A $1.35 West Coast. It's some value. They're playing pretty good footy, the Blues. I'll tell you what, if, if the Blues win this one, what what a number. They'd have to. They'd have to, have to sign Lock two. him away. They'd yeah. have to. I don't think they will, though. I think West Coast are playing for home finals now. They're desperate to finish top two because if they finish top two, 
home finals at Optus Stadium. They, they play in the grand final again. So they can't afford to drop this. There's too much for them to play for. Uh, and I think the Eagles get the job done. All right, just a quick tip on a couple of other games. Yeah. Essendon, Port Adelaide. Bombers. GWS, Sydney. GWS. Fremantle up against the Cats. Nah, Cats win. Yeah, the last time Fremantle played Geelong, Fremantle were nine points up at quarter time and then lost by 135. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Melbourne, Richmond. Nah, I think Richmond win. Adelaide, St Kilda. They have to win. They, if they couldn't possibly lose this one, the Crows. And home. Collingwood to get back on the winner's list. Yeah, Collingwood beat the Suns. Just bring us back here because have you got a movie line this week? I've got a movie line, but I've turned the movie line into a song. A song? Yeah. What's I'm, it about? I'm not going to sing it. What's your topic? So it's based on Collingwood's fall from grace over the last couple of weeks. And a lot of people, if you're not a Collingwood supporter, you take joy in Collingwood not winning games of football. So, so this is a song. What song is it? I've changed the uh, the lyrics to um, Don McLean's American Pie. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy so goes, this. A long, long time ago, I can still remember how Mason used to make me smile. And I knew if I had our chance that I could make those eagles dance and Joffa, he'd be happy for a while. But July made me shiver with every loss that we deliver. Sad news on the doorstep, we can't take the next step. I can't remember if I cried when I heard about Ben Reed's thigh or when Tom Lynch nailed five the day the pies died. So bye-bye, American pies. Drove Eddie to the Chevy, the levy. <laughs> But the levy was dry. <laughs> Poor old Jaden Stevenson. He's drinking whiskey and rye. <laughs> the day the pies died. <laughs> I don't mind that. That is a good song. That is it's really a good. good. Song. Yeah, no. Can I just quickly go before we leave? Going into that game Friday night, and I've got my Richmond hat on here, and I'm working on the boundary line for Channel 7, and I'm thinking I wouldn't be able to possibly – do this game again if, if Mason plays as well as what he did against Richmond last yeah. year, right? And I'm thinking he's a chance, you know. People have been getting into him and he took a, it took a few good marks the week before. He played well against the Eagles. I'm thinking, but he couldn't reproduce that prelim form, surely, you know, surely. He's a nightmare for Richmond. He plays really well against them. His first centre clearance of the game, goes inside 50. The game's been going eight seconds, free kick Mason mm. Cox, and I'm thinking, here we go again. And he misses. And he missed it, and it ended up being all right for the time. Did you see your feature on the Sunday footy show last week? No. Um, you, we've got a segment where people get left hanging for the handshake, yeah. and you went to shake Cochin. Cochin's hand yeah, last week, and he didn't realise. So nothing. TJ's the best at that. So we've got a stamp, and it says, you've been TJ'd. <laughs> so that last week had a stamp put over it, you've been TJ'd. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Koch gave me nothing, didn't he? Nothing. I'm filthy. Hey, yeah, have a good week. And you too. Fair dinkum hummer. What? How did, how did he get a business class suit? I don't know how he has a job. What are they doing over there? Nothing. Yeah, exactly.